Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 86. Um, change of plans. We know that the first uh, of the month is usually reserved for five good things, and we did have one that we were going to do. Uh, let's just say there's been some very big developments, and it would be really off if we did not cover them uh, in the world of Superman. So we'll get to that for our main discussion. It's going to be very Superman-oriented. Uh, before we get to that, Josh, how are you doing this week? I'm, I'm chilling. It's definitely with everything going on. I don't know about how things have gone on, been going with you and your cities down there. But um, Nashville and Murfreesboro are kind of crazy right now. So it's uh, things have been interesting, to say the least. Um, obviously, I don't want to get too in, de- in detail about it because we've always tried to keep this podcast very like entertainment, you know, you know, directed. And but yeah, dude. I mean, just a lot going on right now. Um, work's been crazy. I'm just trying to try to survive up here. Yeah. Uh- in the grand scheme of like compared to a lot of other places, Florida isn't too bad, but there's definitely a lot of activity out there right now. Yeah. My area is not too bad just because I'm out of the main cities. Um, yeah, fair. But yeah, it's hectic. Um, yeah, 2020, can we just get this year over with? <laughs> Seriously. I'm, but do it the it, right it's way. Hilarious. I just want to like tap out. Just be like, tap. no, come on. Like just... I mean, I love all the memes that are just like the astronauts have left the planet. Lucky them. (laughs) (laughs) This year has been absolute nuts. Yeah. Um, You watching anything? I actually have. I I I decided to watch two. Well, one I decided to watch a show I had seen commercials for. And I thought it was mildly interesting, but I found the main actress quite attractive. So I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Um, it actually turned out to be a good show. Um, have you heard of The Great? I have not. Okay. It's basically the story of Catherine the Great as one of the leaders of Russia. Um, it's, I don't want to say parody because it's not quite that. It's not 100% historically accurate, but at the same time, it kind of totes that line as close as it can. It, it's it's very it's an interesting show, and it's very entertaining. Um, what does it air on? You, uh, it's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I've watched, it's just only got one season, um, and it's you knowing me, you're not going to be surprised. There's a lot of discussion of ethics and philosophy and who we are as people and and not just as a person, but as a group of people, it's, it's very interesting. Um, also wrapped up with some really funny stuff and some very, very intense scenes. Um, I've also, I found a new show. Like I, I rarely, rarely am able to just stumble across things these days. Normally they get recommended to me and I, I, you know, we'll check them out. But I stumbled upon this show that's been around a couple of years called Extinct or Alive. Never and heard of it. Yeah, it's on Animal Planet. It's actually really super interesting. This guy basically, he's a biologist and a conservationist. And he basically has been going down the list of animals that are considered extinct. 
and going and doing like weeks of research in in areas where they think that they are to see if they can find these animals and if they really are extinct. That's actually, that sounds really interesting. It is like the first episode is about the, uh, the giant um, Galapagos turtle that's been extinct supposedly for like a hundred years. It's and? super wild. Are they actually extinct? They are not. I'll ruin the first episode for you. But it's it, they, he, he ends up finding like a female, and they they like it's so cool too because they they happen to her at a really good time, a good in in the sense of they're able to save her because like she's trapped on a in a pocket on the island of like between two magma fields so she couldn't she was like really malnourished so she couldn't like go anywhere so they were able to take measurements and sample and then they took her to a um a shelter basically uh like a conservationist shelter so that they could get her healthy again and then hopefully one day find a male so that they can breed and bring the population back up huh and you said animal planet yeah um i had to like it, you can watch it on hulu but only if you have access to the live tv oh, okay like that hulu add-on thing yeah but i mean it's on i mean if you have normal cable you can watch it on that it's it, i find found it really interesting it's on my parents have xfinity and it's on demand to watch so i've just been sifting through the there's only two seasons right now but yeah it's super interesting huh um, you got anything else? Because I've got one major one that we'll talk about for a little bit. No, man, that's about it the, the, uh, for this week. I mean, The Great is like 10 episodes long, so that took a bit of time to wade through, and then I've just been busy with work. So, uh, I've been watching uh, sporadically the newest streaming service, HBO Max. I pre-ordered that before it launched. So I'm going to give my general thoughts here. And I have, I feel like I have to put a big disclaimer up front because there's a lot of negative reviews right now for HBO Max, and I don't disagree with any of them. Uh, however, I'm enjoying it so far, but this is coming from someone that's going from basically nothing HBO-wise to HBO Max. I never had HBO or HBO Now, so I don't know what was there before. So mm-hmm. I don't think this service was for me in terms of fairly great it. Um, as it stands right now, though, I read a review and I completely agree. The launch of HBO Max has been a C plus, whereas Disney Plus was an A minus, probably. Um, HBO Max has a fantastic library, but it tripped on its own feet out of the gate with this launch. Of so, a lot of people watch stuff on Roku's, right? That's like a major device that people have. Uh, for mm-hmm. some reason. HBO Max is not available on Roku at launch, and it's still not. So I had to watch it on the PS4, which I can't remember the last time I watched any video content on my PS4. That's crazy. At all. Um, which means I have to watch it in HD, which also is not a problem because HBO Max has zero content above HD. That's weird. There's no 4K content whatsoever, so... Be like, hey, you can watch Aquaman. I'm like, well, I'd much rather watch Aquaman in my voodoo for 4K or Wonder Woman in 4K or a lot of the movies that you, I know I have in your library as 4K, but you just downgraded to HD. And they've said 4K is coming, but I'm like, 
really guys, for 15 bucks a month, you should probably have a lot of premium 4K content that we already know that you manufacture. Yeah, that's, mm, that's a little It's tough. weird. Also, there's a lot of titles that they advertise that aren't actually there. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, literally any Superman movie, because I've been waiting to rewatch the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, thinking, all right, there'll be an HD on HBO Max because I had the DVD quality. There's no Superman movies at all except for Batman versus Superman. That's it. Oof. Yeah, the library is great, but it has been a rough patch so far. But I see the potential that's there. Um, I haven't messed with the offline downloads yet to know if they're on par with Disney Plus, which I've had issues with from time to time. I think the library is really great. I'm interested to catch up on some of the older movies. They have a lot of the old classics. Uh, but one thing that Heather and I had been watching and was really, really good is they had this like anthology series about some of the biggest movies and they would take it by decade. So basically the thirties and the forties um, was the first episode. And then every decade subsequently after that, and each episode was like an hour and a half for the most part, it was really good, really fun trip to see the evolution of film, except really pissed me off that the only horror movies they talked about were Alfred Hitchcock's psycho and get out. Wow. That's it. Like between Halloween Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, they got maybe about 10 seconds. That's crazy. I'm like, um, even, I figured, okay, they didn't talk about Halloween in the 70s segment. Maybe they're lumping that in with the 80s and the 80s slasher boom. They didn't talk about the 80s slashers at all. Like, this series completely discounted horror. I'm like, I get that it's not for everybody, but it's got a major place in pop culture and you completely threw it to the side, except for Get Out, where, of course, you had to trip over yourself to talk about how great it is. That's tough, dude. That's yeah. real tough. And everyone's like, I mean, wow, get out we a horror so movie with social commentary. And I'm going, that's most horror movies. You would know if you included some. Yeah, it's... Mm. Yeah, okay then. Like, there's that's a lot of... I would still say HBO Max is worth your money. There's a lot of great things on it. However, they kind of tripped over themselves on launch. Not having Roku, not having any 4K... It, but I think the potential is there, to say the least. I mean, that's good, though. Yeah, we'll see. I think the, the quarantine also hurt because they were supposed to... I know you were rarely really looking forward to the Friends reunion special. Oh, totally. Because that was supposed to be there at launch. I'm sure they were supposed to be already in development for some of their shows, maybe like Justice League Dark or Green Lantern, but they really didn't have a lot of originals at launch. But... I, I think we'll get there. I think it's too early to ring the panic bell on HBO Max. I mean, either way, this is what HBO is going to be. So just kind of just get used to it, I guess. Also, the name. They should not have named it HBO Max. It's just confusing people. Yeah. Well, that's what we've been watching. Josh, you ready to go over some news? Let's talk some news, my dude. Well, it seems like we're continuing some positive momentum for things slowly reopening, if things are allowed to open at the rate we're going, as it seems like Regal and Cinemark have plans to open in July, which is kind of the estimations that we've had for a while, but it's just nice to see that the movie theaters are starting to have some form of a plan and idea of when they want to open, and Christopher Nolan's just going, everything is going as I have foreseen it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, Josh, do you think July is about right? You think it's too early? You excited for the theaters to come back? What are your What are your general thoughts about the theaters potentially being back open by early July? Um, I can see it. Uh, I think. Um, I think. Depending on how the next two weeks go, I we, we will see. Because of all the protests and all the stuff that's going on right now, there's that likelihood that we might get a COVID spike, but we're going to have to wait at least two weeks to really feel or see it. So, I mean, it's possible that we'll, you know things, everything in general, will start to open up normally, quote unquote. Um, you know, by early to mid July. Uh, so, you know, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I've maybe it's cause I'm in a theme park bubble, but uh, both Disney and universal already had their plans to open. I think universal is already open for like 25% capacity. They already have their like reopening plans and everything. I'm actually surprised the theaters are taking their time. Um, because to me, if you told me, Today, you have to pick. Do you go to a theme park or do you go to a movie theater? I would probably feel safer going to a movie theater because I feel like that's easier to control of these are your seats that you're allowed to go to. These are the seats in the theaters that are open. I don't know. I feel like that's easier to manage and maintain. Now, theaters have that argument of, well, we don't want to open unless there's something to show. I'm like, show old movies for cheaper prices. If you told me you're showing like the original Star Wars trilogy or Gladiator for five bucks a ticket, I'll go just to be in the theater again. Um, I think it's easier to manage a theater than it is like big restaurants or theme parks or whatever else. I'm just, I think it's odd that we were waiting so long for theaters. I'm just glad to see there, there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel, at least for closures. Yeah, it's, it would, I mean, they've already gotten like, Flash, according to like flash theater, kind of happening. I remember when I lived in Houston, uh, there was quite a few of the theaters in the area that would show older films like at a couple a couple times a day. So I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't be an option. I mean, uh, I'm assuming that these companies still have technically have rights to these movies. I, I don't know exactly how the, theater movie rights work, but. I yeah, mean, I was wondering about that. Also, uh, I know some people that work at movie theaters, and so I've, I wanted to hear from them, and they don't know yet, of just like, so how long do we think it'll take to retrain you guys and everything else that, that entails? Because you can't just open up a theater and just expect people to come. there. I'm sure there has to be like some period that you have to retrain the people that work at the theater going, well, throw out the old rule book because this is what we're going to have to do for a while. Yeah, it'd be interesting because one of the people that I know very well that works at a theater part time, she's already told me, yeah, we're not going to have hot food when we come back. So I'm like, is that a demand thing or is that like a sanitation thing? Yeah, it's probably a sanitation thing, honestly. Yeah, because, you know, theaters have always cared about sanitation. Yeah, exactly. That's that's always something I've been worried about. <laughs> uh, I've always just thought theaters... It's that's going to be one of the easier spots. I'm not worried at all about going back to the theater once they're open, just because that always seemed like to me a really easy one to take care of. Of okay, here are the rows that are available. 
every third row is available and every third theater. That's it. Yeah. That seems a lot easier than roller coasters, which is just like, well, all these seats are close together. What do we do? Yeah. Well, and what's interesting too is, um, like at my job, we have, we're required to wear masks unless you're outside in the garden center in which you don't, in which case you don't have to wear them, which is interesting. So I don't know. The happening. <laughs> no, don't do not bring up that movie. Cause you and I both know we have weirdly fond memories of the film. I just want to come visit you at work and just see you talking to a plastic plant going, I mean, you no harm. I'm just here to do my job. Oh, <laughs> uh, you killed him. I know you did. What? No. <laughs> I love the happening, but not for the right reasons. No. I mean, okay. It's real side, side tangent here. The concept in and of itself is super interesting. And I think we said that in a five good things once. Yep. Like it's super interesting and super scary, but just the execution of it is terrible. <laughs> Although I'm proud of us that we think we may have had a breakthrough that Shyamalan may have accidentally had in there. Yes. About why the acting is so bad <laughs> that I don't think I've ever seen anybody else talk to it, but that could just be us being the justifiers. We're just, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, that's, that's a new, uh, Avengers team name, but just the justifiers. justifiers. <laughs> Sorry, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> oh man. Also, not only are we justifiers, sometimes we're dead on the money in some predictions that we had. Cause I know I actually had to go back and make sure that we didn't accidentally just call this. Cause we talked briefly, or at least I pitched something very similar to our next topic, in which case uh, Universal seems to be gung-ho about trying to do their Universal Monster universe again. However, uh, unlike Tom Cruise's The Mummy, they're not going to make them interconnected and just make them good movies, which, wow, what a novel concept. Uh, so going off the back of the success of Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man, we've ta- heard talk about John Krasinski doing a film. Um I feel like there's another one thrown out there. And now it seems like Universal is moving forward with a Wolfman movie starring Ryan Gosling. Um, yes, 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 yes. I'm on board because they're described. Uh, the, we don't know too much about this, but they have described this movie as Jake Gyllenhaal's Nightcrawler with a supernatural element. Which I am I'm going, hmm, if only someone pitched something like that not too long ago. Yeah, boy, let's go. I see. I like this idea so much, and I like it. I, I mean, not just because we pitched it, but genuinely, like that's that's what you have to do with, to make a new feeling Wolfman movie. Now they didn't say who's directing it, but I want to still stick to my prediction and my guns that I would love to see the witch. And the lighthouses, Robert Eggers, do this. Oh, I would be so down. He would do. He would be such a good pick on that. And for those that don't remember, a few episodes, a few episodes ago, what I was talking about is I have always thought for Wolfman, a cool idea would be the Robert Eggers approach with the witch of a period piece, except. We don't know if it's a supernatural element of an actual wolf-like creature attacking people or a serial killer that's using the motive, the motif of a wolf to kill its victims to throw off the police. And there's still that mystery of, is this a man 
or is it a monster, or is it both? And we don't see for a while, at least. There was a movie that I saw a, a while ago. Um, I don't remember what it's called. I don't remember. I think it was a, still a B-level horror movie. But the, what they essentially did was the the girl ends up being the killer has a what's it called? It's like a, a mental disorder that makes her think that she's a wolf. And so she ends up like killing people because she thinks she's a wolf. It, it's both super intriguing, but also pretty lame. I think I could see my idea happening now because they're going with Ryan Gosling because yeah, dude, Ryan Gosling, we've said before, he's one of our favorites. He's great. But also Ryan Gosling is one of those faces and one of those actors that you're going to showcase him a lot and his face a lot. That's one of the issues that I had with Birds of Prey with Ewan McGregor. As great as he was as Black Mask, we don't see him a lot in the mask because that's Ewan McGregor. We can't cover up that beautiful face or Will Smith as Deadshot. I feel like we're not going to see Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman a lot, which could lead to more of that. Is he the killer just who he is or is he actually turning into a wolf thing? And... Ryan Gosling characters for the past few years have straddled that line of normalcy and insanity really, really well. Yes. Drive. I mean, we, we've been saying um, for a while that he's easily one of the best working actors right now. I mean, the fact that he can do characters like his character in Drive, his character in um, Beyond the Pines, or uh, and then on the flip side, do characters like The Nice Guys. Which is on HBO Max. Oh, I, and I, I need would, to rewatch it because, guys, if you have not seen The Nice Guys, it is one of Russell Crowe and Russell and Ryan Gosling's best movies. It's so funny and terrifying and just, oh, so good. Yeah, it's re- I'm just really, really excited about the prospect of this. Wolfman is not one of my favorite Universal Monsters, but it's one that I feel like is easier to get right than some other characters. And it hasn't gotten as much representation. Like, there's the holy trinity of the universal monsters of Dracula, Frankenstein, and the maybe the mummy. And then the Wolfman is, like, in the outliers, like Invisible Man and Creature from the Black Lagoon, primarily because they came yeah. later. Um, but there's a lot of interesting potential here. And I just, I love the fact that it's Ryan Gosling because... Ryan Gosling, for the most part, doesn't just jump on something for the money. Look at the movies he's been in. They're not always the biggest blockbusters. He picks things because he's passionate and he sees something in them, which is awesome. Yeah, he he hasn't really done anything like typecasting-wise really since Notebook. Yeah, which anybody that thinks he's just the rom-com guy, you haven't been paying enough attention to him. He's, He's just the best. He is. He's a great guy. So this next one I'm on the fence about, not because I think it's good or bad. It's just I have zero, and I mean zero, emotional connection to this franchise, but I know a large grouping of people do, and that's apparently The Labyrinth. I would say it's series, but there's only ever one movie. Um, Jim Henson's Labyrinth is getting a sequel directed by Doctor Strange and Sinister director Scott Derrickson. Um, cool, I guess? 
So have you ever seen Labyrinth? I I've seen it. It's dated. I have not. I've never seen it. And honestly, I've had no desire to. So this, uh, I can care less. Go for it, man. <laughs> There's only one reason why I'm potentially looking forward to this. And it's Scott Derrickson. Because yeah. Labyrinth is, if nothing else, it's weird. And Henson and co went all out in its wackiness and insanity. And it does border on that creepy of like return to Oz levels of traumatize your kids. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Cause we're traumatizing everybody out here. Um, <laughs> Cause it just got some creepy imagery and give that to Scott Derrickson. I think that could be really, really interesting. The only question though is labyrinth is so tied to David Bowie. Like, yeah. I can't really see the franchise without him. Yeah, it'll be it'll be like, interesting to say the least. Even people that haven't seen it know, oh, is it that David Bowie movie? Like that's yeah, that's the first thing people think of. Yeah, even I'm like, yeah, I know the Goblin King. It was just it was just odd. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, at this point, this is kind of like when they announced the dark crystal stuff, I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I don't really care, but cool. Yeah. Which dark crystal is another bag of weird as a kid. Yeah. That traumatized me. Like it didn't scare me, but I, I saw, Oh, Henson. I was expecting something way different than what I got when I was over yeah. at a friend's house. Uh, one of the ones that always got me as a kid, that's kind of freaked me out was, um, Oh, was it Rockin' Roosters? I think is what it's called. It's one. It's the animated movie. I think it's by the same guys that did American Tale, and it's uh, it's the one about the rooster that is like Elvis. No. What? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. I can't even dig that far deep into the recesses of my brain to get this. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to live Google this because I'm pretty sure. Sometimes I think I hallucinated it, but no. Rockadoodle. There it is. Rockadoodle. Found it. We're good. It's a thing. There's only 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's called Rockadoodle. What'd you expect? <laughs> well, I mean, it's got some pretty. Rockadoodle, if you didn't tell me anything about it, Rockadoodle sounds like a spinoff to Air Bud where the good. Where the dog has to play guitar in a band. Get out of here. It's almost like that. It's just a rooster playing a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Hollywood. Be more original than that. <laughs> Bring back your bud. <laughs> no, because that's another one that traumatized me as a kid. That clown is terrifying. Yes, he is. <laughs> Airbud 25. <laughs> Crossover. Oh, Airbud and Space Jam. Space Bud. Oh, no, no, that's a thing. That's a thing. Stay away. <laughs> no. Oh, no. But getting back to Labyrinth, sure. <laughs> I know there's people that are excited about this. I'm excited because I like Scott Derrickson as a horror director. Yeah, um, I'm going to And it sounds like he's like actually jumping into horror things that he's excited about. So good for him. It's just not a franchise I'm super familiar with or have a yes. passion for, really. 
So the question I have then, is it going to be as puppet heavy this time around? I would think so. I mean, I I don't see why you wouldn't, but at the same time, like I also feel like this long of a time after the original, I almost feel like using puppets now. I mean, I know puppets are in a whole other league these days, but I still feel like it would still be um, like automatically. I don't know if we'll use as many puppets just because CGI is easier, but if it's Labyrinth, they're known for their puppetry. So yeah, I'd imagine they would just probably not as much as the original because technology's come a long way since then. Yeah, I'd agree. Next up, uh, so we talked either last week or the week before that Tom Cruise is insane. Well, <laughs> y'all probably knew that already. He's working with NASA to film a movie in space, and we still don't know what that movie is, but now we know it's going to be directed by Doug Lyman, which it's never going to happen. But this kind of gives me just a tinge of hope of, okay, Tom Cruise is hooking up with Doug Lyman again in space, Edge of Tomorrow 2 in space. Because <laughs> we need Edge of Tomorrow 2, dang it. We do. But <laughs> I, I I think I was laughing at more of because I think when we originally first talked about this, we were like, okay, Tom Cruise doing a space movie, so I guess Mission Mission Impossible in space. Well, now we can confirm it is not Mission Impossible, unless it's done by Doug Lyman. Well, they're already doing seven and eight of Mission Impossible with Christopher McQuarrie. Um, but I think it's cool that Tom Cruise has gone from like, all right, one and done with directors, like wives, um, and now like repeating work with certain directors, like a Christopher McQuarrie, like a Doug Lyman, because if you did not see Edge of Tomorrow, people, go out and see it, because that's a really underrated action movie um, directed by Doug Lyman starring Tom Cruise. And I think Tom Cruise knew that, because the two of them have wanted to do a sequel for a long time. It's just a matter of the main three that you need, Doug Lyman, Tom Cruise, and Emily Blunt. It's all like a gigantic missed high five of two out of the three are available, but the third one's not. Or one's available and the other two are busy. It's You can't get all of them together in the same spot at once, apparently. Yeah, so, I mean, I would love a sequel to Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know why you would need to film it in space. Um, <laughs> but Because you know. Tom is having a midlife crisis and needs to define his legacy further. <laughs> Outside of the longest, now instead of the longest running scenes, we'll have the ro- longest in-space treadmill scenes. <laughs> no, it's Tom Cruise wants to set the Guinness record for the longest distance ran in a movie on the moon. <laughs> it's like, Tom, you can't run in space. Watch me. <laughs> oh, man. It sounds like an impossible mission. Anyway, um, like, I, I'm more just curious. We know the gimmick will be, it's in space for realsies. What do you, if you had your pick, either jokingly or realistically, what would you make this movie about? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Because it's a lot of money to make to make just a comedy. But at the same time, 
I, there's just something about the the absolute absurdity of spending millions of dollars to te- send Tom Cruise to space to film a comedy. Not just because it's a comedy in space. It's Tom Cruise in a comedy and be awkward and weird. It, you watch. They'll spend all this money and it'll go straight to Netflix. Oh, bro. That would be rough, honestly. Or knowing them, they'll be like, we filmed in space, and it will be like the Halo jump in Mission Impossible 6, where it's there, but it's a very brief thing. Yeah, fair. Because I don't see them, as cool as it is, I don't see them shooting a whole two-hour movie in space. It just doesn't make sense. I mean... They're remaking (laughs) Fantastic Four, and they're going to get their powers legitimately in space. (laughs) And that's how real superheroes emerge. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't see the point in filming an actual space when the technology we have right now makes it very believable. Like, I don't know. It reminds me of that scene from the disaster artist. Why did you create the alleyway right next to the actual alleyway? It's real Hollywood movie. It's like Tom. Why did why are we filming in space when we can just recreate space? Because man, movie magic. Yeah, I No words. Just I I can't. I can't with Tom. Yeah, I I can't. I, I don't understand it. Just Cruz. Just please don't die. That's how he goes out in a blaze of glory. But we got the footage. <laughs> He's probably going to try and outdo that Red Bull jumper. Get out of... Okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> no, I can genuinely see him doing that. I'm so done with that. Or he'll try and outdo himself even more, and this movie will be delayed for 10 years so he can actually learn how to pilot a spaceship. Stop. Because he would totally do that, too. And then they'll just slap a GoPro to the cockpit so we know that it's him, just like those shots in Tom and Top Gun Maverick's trailer. Get out of here. And I then the movie you. will come out, and all the critics and us will go, yeah, that was fine. But them stunts, though. Yeah. Just like the rest of his movies. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that was good. Um, I don't remember it, but it was good. The stunts were cool. <laughs> that was clearly Tom... All of Tom Cruise's movies can be summed up as... That was entertaining. And that was clearly Tom Cruise doing it. <laughs> yep. Which is basically the same thing we could say about the John Wick movies. Yeah, but that's because John Wick is awesome. That's true. All right, let's... For our last one, this is interesting because we could have even more... Of a streaming war, but this time there's a third party involved to an extent. Um, Josh, I know you have not seen any of Cobra Kai, but correct. it is probably without a doubt one of the only shows that casual TV people may have actually heard when it came to YouTube Red. Yeah, that's the only show I know of. Because <laughs> YouTube Red like fell on its face of, look at all of our original content starring really pretentious YouTubers that most of you never heard of um, or yep. really like or can carry their own show, Lily Singh. Um, 
But Cobra Kai, believe it or not, defying all expectations, is like one of the best nostalgic TV shows you can act, ever watch. It is so good. It is a sequel to not only the original Karate Kid, but Karate Kid 2, but not. It furthers the story in a really smart way. And Josh, I actually think you not liking the Karate Kid would go in your favor going into Cobra Kai because it really shines that light big on Daniel LaRusso going, you're not a good person because the main character is Johnny Lawrence, the quote-unquote bully from Karate Kid. And there is no black and white. Literally every single character is gray. You see their best and you see their worst in the show. That's why it works so, so well. And I'm not going to spoil it because, Josh, I do really want you to see it at some point. Um, but let's just say season two had one of the biggest cliffhangers I have ever seen for a show going, oh no, I need answers right now type of thing. Um, (laughs) where this gets interesting is season three has been shot for a long time, even before the virus took over. And it was more or less a waiting game of where's season three. Well, the reason we haven't had Cobra Kai season three yet is apparently YouTube is just like done with its originals and they're waving the white flag going, this was a bad idea. Everyone go to YouTube music instead. Um, so now they're, they realize the potential and the monetary value of the show Cobra Kai and are trying to sell it to either Netflix or Hulu. And I'm going good because that would probably give the show more eyes on it because yeah, no one was watching on YouTube red. I watched it cause I, have YouTube premium for the lack of commercials and for YouTube music, but putting it on a major streamer is a lot better of an option because YouTube gets the money out of it, but also it can get more eyes on it. It'd be another good show for Netflix or Hulu of the two streamers. Who do you see getting it? Josh Netflix or Hulu? I feel I want to say Netflix, but I don't know if Netflix has that kind of money. They have the money for anything. But they're in so much debt. Doesn't stop them from spending like a mother. There. I mean, I, I mean, I think it would do well on um, Netflix, mainly because more people have Netflix over, uh, over Hulu. But I don't know, man. I lean a little more towards Netflix as well, just because Netflix is always trying to find the next Stranger Things and capitalize on that 80s nostalgia. And what is more 80s than Karate Kid? Granted, this doesn't take place in the 80s, but if you put a continuation of the Karate Kid story that respects its characters and actually makes them human, um, Mm -hmm. I think that'll get a really big audience. And better yet, because Netflix didn't start it, they could do the regular four-season model before they cancel it, which would actually mean like, four or five seasons because they've actually mapped out the direction of the show and they said where they would like to end up. They know where they want to end up. They just haven't told us yet. Um, I would very much like to see this on Netflix because I think this show is absolutely worthy of more eyeballs. Um, If it went to one of the major ones like Netflix or Hulu, would you give it a shot, Josh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The the only reason I haven't watched it is because it's on YouTube Red. And I don't blame you. A lot of people have been that way. It had decent numbers. Like, it had maybe like two or three million views. But I'm like, this show could get a lot more. It is a really, really well done show. 
Uh, I think you'll appreciate the fight choreography that they do. Um, but also the fact that they don't sugarcoat any of the characters. The only character in Cobra Kai that's treated as any good is Mr. Miyagi because, well, of course. Um, it's Mr. Miyagi. But also they treat his passing very respectfully. They don't lean on Miyagi. They acknowledge he was a very important person in Daniel's life, but they don't linger on him going, well, we wish he was on the show and still alive. Yeah, which is but a also, good thing. Without spoiling too much, anybody can show up and all the Karate Kid movies are canon. All of them? All of them. Oh, come on. Even I'm three? Not, okay. Hillary Swank doesn't show up, but there are some <laughs> references to Karate Kid 2 and 3. <clears throat> but also, you'll appreciate the fact that Johnny is the same character from the first one, but they don't portray him as the hero. Yeah, I'm down with that. <sighs> they play both. It's They're basically two sides of the same coin, Johnny and... Um, oh, what's his... Daniel. They're two sides of the same coin of they're both good but complex characters that more or less have just had misunderstandings between the two of them. Mm -hmm. It's really, really, really good complex writing that I wish more people could see. And like I said, I personally just want answers after season two finale because it's been a while. I won't say it's Sherlock season two finale level of I need answers, but it was up there of, oh, you guys really aren't pulling any punches anymore. This is an adult show. Which is good because I always, I, I mean, I will shout it from the rooftops that Daniel is a bad person in karate, at least in Karate Kid One. But like, in he, all he of them, he's a whiny brat. He, he is, but he's in, in one specifically. He like, yeah, he's getting bullied ish, but like at the same time, he's too gun ho about violence. Yeah, and they acknowledge it in the show of. After Johnny lost the tournament, his life went in a downward spiral, whereas Daniel has his own auto dealership. His life is just fine. And they even acknowledge one of the scenes of, hey, this is the guy that I beat in the Hill Valley tournament. And Johnny just looks at him. He's like, yeah, because you used an illegal kick to beat me. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair. <laughs> uh, anyway. But they like further expound upon the lore of all the Karate Kid movies, but treat them like actual people and don't try and like glorify them like the movie does. Yeah. Of Which like, is good. yeah, you won the tournament, but you were horrible and I tried to leave you alone on multiple occasions. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited for the potential for more people to see this, yourself included. Uh, yeah, I would be like I said, dude. Like it, the only reason I've haven't seen it is because it's on YouTube Red, and a I don't feel like getting YouTube Red, and b I don't feel like giving you YouTube more money. Yeah, YouTube Red. That was the only thing that was worth watching. Um, even you, that I know as a Vsauce fan, he had his own show, and I'm like, would you pay for that? Yeah, no. Well. That's it for news. Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? Um, I do not, actually, which is really weird. Normally, I have one. Uh, let's see. Um, this week's episode is sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts because that's where you go for actual donuts and not Krispy Kreme. 
Oh, honey, that's only because you don't have Shipley's. Oh, I have had Shipley's. They're good. They're so good. Although they're not like regional to Florida, but they're at Universal and they've got Voodoo Donuts, which is a blessing. Oh, dude. Voodoo's the best. Oh, man. Voodoo's got the cookies and cream donut. Mm. I'm a sucker for donuts. And that's generally speaking, food is why I'll never be jacked because I like to eat. (laughs) Yeah. And donuts are just... Donuts are like pizza. You can't really mess it up. Even when it's bad, it's pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. Except when you put <laughs> peanut butter on it. I've had a peanut butter donut and that just ruined it. It depends what else is on the donut. It was peanut butter and Oreo, which I thought would counterbalance, but the peanut butter was still really, really strong and there wasn't a lot of it. The thing is peanut butter is very strong flavor. And I like peanut butter, but it is a very, tends to overpower everything else. Oh my goodness. Dude, I remember in college just getting a jar, which is super unhealthy, but um, getting a jar of peanut butter and a packet of Oreos and just going to town. That sounds like the most college thing ever. Dude, it's the best, though. And then capping it all off with a big old glass of cold milk. Huh. What if, what if you took those unfrosted Pop-Tarts and spread peanut butter on them? Ooh, I mean, yeah, but that's also because pop like winning makes something healthy, but also terrifying that shouldn't exist. Like non-frosted Pop-Tart, get out of here, go away. Yeah, non-frosted Pop-Tarts just need to disappear. Yes, they do. But that's why they ha- they would have the icing that is peanut butter. Oh, fair enough. Or icing, or just cake icing. <laughs> <laughs> you like uh, you're making cake I'm saying oh honey what are you oh you can make a cake no pop tarts <laughs> it make the donut not the donut it make the pop tart pretty sweet but not as sweet as Henry Cavill coming back yeah why not that's a uh, segue there uh, yeah that, that's what I was working on so <laughs> we were gonna save this for the news topics but there's so much to unpack here that it, yep. it warrants a whole discussion. Um, Josh, where do we even start with this? So I believe it was last week where we we uh, we got a bolt, we punched our ticket, we got on that hype train, and we, you know, with reckless abandon. Decided to be like, we don't care. It's a rumor. If is this, this is truth. It's the best truth ever. And then it turned out to be true. Which, okay, I will admit when I'm wrong. Of um, I do not normally like Grace Randolph at all. I don't normally side with her in a lot of opinions. I just, I'm not a big fan of hers. Um, for those that follow her on YouTube. Good for you. I've just never been a fan of hers. However, she was the one to put the cart before the horse and say a full week before all these announcements came out, hey, I've heard through the grapevine, no one else is sticking their neck out making this proclamation, but I'll put it out there. And she was spot on the money. So credit to her. Good. She was the one that I was seeing those reports from first more than before anybody else. So she was on the money there. Doesn't mean I'm watching any of your YouTube videos anytime soon, but... Yeah, you're right about that. So, 
the first reports were that Henry Cavill has come back as, quote-unquote, like the Hulk in the MCU of a supporting character in other people's movies, um, which I think that is complete and utter BS, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, and there was reports going, none of the current DC movies that are coming out, like um, Wonder Woman 1984 or The Suicide Squad or The Batman, have him in the script. I'm going, no duh, because none of those seem to... Re- 1980, Wonder Woman especially... 84, Superman hasn't even crashed to Earth yet, I don't think. Suicide Squad doesn't make sense, and the Batman is still kind of up in the air. Um, And they are just like, well, these are the movies that he could appear in with like Shazam 2, Black Adam, Aquaman 2. Only two of those I've circled as, yes, those are very strong likelihood. However, we get even further down the rabbit hole a few days later, uh, when John Campia, who is by no means a newsbreaker, and he will be the first to admit that. He has gone on record saying numerous times, I'm just a movie pundit. I am not the breaking news guy. However, I've had two different sources come to me saying there is a Superman movie in the works with J.J. Abrams directing. And one of the guys that he spoke to said, Henry Cavill is attached to it. And the other guy said, Henry Cavill is still up in the air. J.J. is still up in the air if Henry Cavill's his Superman. But it seems like, for a fact, we are getting a J.J. Abrams Superman movie, according to Don Campia. And why should you trust Campia's report on this is because this is the same... uh, His sources for this are the same sources that told him years ago that Ben Affleck was done as Batman... Um, and a whole bunch of other specifically Warner Brothers news. So he's got some friends high up in Warner Brothers that know some stuff. Plus, this is going to sound so horrible, but I want to believe him because it means I'm right a year ago. (laughs) I mean, but at the same time, like, even if we don't... (sighs) Uh, I don't know how to say this. Even if he, I, I mean, I agree it's BS if he, if they relegate him to just a side character for the most part. Oh no, I didn't see BS as in that's awful. I'm saying BS as in, I don't believe it for a second. Oh, okay. 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 Sorry. I should have clarified that. I don't believe yeah, that no, for no, a second. Uh, to clarify also, uh, the Campia thing was also saying that the reason they haven't announced a man of steel two or Superman um, with his cameo roles is because J.J. was still deciding if he wanted Henry Cavill Superman or not. Which is, I mean, fair. Although J.J., of all people, I could see why why he wouldn't want Henry Cavill. Yeah, I think he, I think he wants Henry Cavill. I think we are getting a Henry Cavill, J.J. Abrams, which I had to go back to our 2020 predictions. And I said we would get an announcement of a J.J. Abrams Superman movie. However, I said it would be a reboot and no Henry Cavill. So, halfway there, living on a prayer. I mean, worse things could happen. But since we're talking about this, do you want to get into a discussion of directors or do you want to see talk about movies that we think he's going to appear in first? Yeah, let's do cameos first. Um... Yeah, we'll do cameos first because that's the one thing that we do have more or less in Hollywood speak that is confirmed that he will cameo in other people's movies. Yes. Um, Let's start with the ones that you don't see happening. I don't see it in Wonder Woman for obvious reasons. Yeah, he's not even on Earth yet, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. And if he is, he's a child. 
Um, I don't think Batman. Because we um, don't know the timeline on that yet. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to say Flash, only because I don't think they even have a story for Flash yet. I think they have a story. I don't think it includes Superman, though. Or so I don't know. Um, but I will tell you the one I can see the most of him appearing in is definitely Shazam 2. Completely agree. That's top of my list. Like, this is the most obvious layup in the world. Yes. Um, I wanted to say seeing him in Black Adam, but I think they'll save that one. I, I think anything, Black Adam I can see is- him being the cameo at the end of Black Adam to set up Black Adam 2. Or, or just... But see, to me... I don't think it's him. I think Shazam has to cam- cameo at the end of Black Adam. No, I think um, it's going to go Shazam 2 with Superman, and they team up together, and then Shazam 3 is the Shazam versus Black Adam, and maybe Superman's in there. And then Black Adam 2 is versus Superman. Okay. Which, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of the actor himself, if Henry Cavill does indeed come back to Superman, there's one person that I believe played a major factor in this that we really need to be thanking and tipping our caps to, and that's The Rock. Yeah. no, Because I he's been I so incredibly vocal about wanting to fight Superman as Black Adam, but more specifically wanting to fight Henry Cavill's Superman. And also, they're really good friends, so don't think for a second that The Rock didn't go to bat for his boy and tried yeah. to put in a good word to get him as to stay as Superman in this universe. Yeah, I would agree. I would I would definitely agree. Um, so let me ask you this real quick before we get into directors, and because obviously I think which director you you do I think would would pair better with certain villains. But um, what uh, do you have any villains in mind for for a J.J. Abrams? Uh, Superman movie? Yes. Maybe I have Brainiac? one villain and one villain alone. Brainiac. Okay. But we'll, we enough. can talk about him more because I have a bunch of stuff of like, I don't care who's directing it, but things I want to see a Superman movie tackle at some point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, JJ is, the I think, the front runner. Also, uh, disclaimer for when we're listing... Uh, directors we want to do a Superman movie, we will not be mentioning J.J. Abrams just because that's the one that's like the front runner right now and the most obvious pick because of the mm-hmm. Warner Brothers deal. And also it's been rumored for like a year now. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see a, an actual like true Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, I would love to see a Gorilla Grodd. That Suicide Squad, Jesse Eisenberg. He dies in the first five minutes of the Superman movie, and Brian Cranston comes out and goes, I hate posers. <laughs> um, Metallo could be fun. Parasite would be fun. Um, I, have, I have some ideas, but I'll I'll talk about that later for thing. I have like some very <laughs> I have a checklist of very specific things I want to see at some point in a Superman movie. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's get going on directors then. I uh, I do want to say that. So we are I, shooting I, down. He's not appearing in Aquaman too. There's why? Why would he show up there? It, it doesn't quite make sense unless, and I'm going to say this 
with a huge tongue in my cheek, and I, I hope they never do this unless they have they use Superman to play the Nick Fury role <laughs> to get the band will. together. <laughs> I would hate that every yeah, second. I don't think of that. that's happening. Yeah. They, um, they were do, just like, here's all the upcoming ones. He could even show up in Aquaman 2. I'm like, mm, it, it's Shazam 2 or Black Adam. That That's the safe bet right there. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, right. I, I don't so, see really why he would show up in Aquaman is the big thing. Yeah. So we, it seems likely that J.J. Abrams will be doing the Superman movie. However, it is if it's not him and we are still getting his uh, Henry Cavill Superman movie, it's just not with J.J., we have some picks of who we would like to see tackle a Superman movie. Josh, you've got 10. I've got five. Um, how do you want to break this down? <laughs> I don't really care, man. I, can throw I know you're excited about your list. You, why don't you just kick us off? Just do your so, thing, man. Here's the thing. I want, I, I, the reason I have so many is, A, I misread and thought we needed 10. <laughs> Go for it. I tried um, to do 10, but I'm just like, I'm so picky with superman that and like, that's fine now nah, I, I don't I know if this guy that. would work too well i do have an yeah, honorable no. mention though that just yeah, an outlier the, for my five <laughs> the big thing i i tried to do was i tried to pick guys that i or sorry let me uh i tried to pick directors mm. that i didn't i wasn't sure if you even a thought of or B kind of really wanted around the franchise. But so um, you I'm I'm assuming my number one probably won't be on your list. Well, because I tried to do ones that I knew you you would do, not do ones that I knew list. So like So yeah, none of my uh, people that I shout from podiums need to be doing Superman. Yeah. <laughs> hint, so, hint, wink, wink for those people that don't know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> but we'll get there. Uh, um, so, but I'm going to lead the charge at least for now with someone who is a very safe bet. He's tried, he's true. He's proven he can make a good movie. He, but not everything that he he does is great. It's good, but it's not great. And that's Ron Howard. Okay. Like, I I feel like if you're going to make a safe movie, that's your guy. And because he's a great director. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to make things look great. I mean, Solo, with all of its flaws, was still, it was entertaining at times. The, the, the issues with, that were there were not necessarily issues from a directing standpoint. No, it's the same issues with Justice League of more or less trying to completely rework a movie with very, very limited time. So I don't blame Ron Howard at all, but you're right. If I had to sum up Ron Howard in one word as a director, it is safe. He's a good choice, but also, to your credit, I think when I think Ron Howard, and maybe it's just me growing up on TV land, I still think the Andy Griffith show and old school Americana. And Ron Howard has always had that like sense of old school patriotism and Americana um, with like Apollo 13. Uh, Even Soul has a grand epicness, and I think he could do well with Superman. He could like, especially like a more Superman. I know we Man of Steel is basically a a Superman one film, but I feel like Ron Howard would do a really good Superman year one. Um, it's like coming up from the roots of Kansas kind of stuff. Yes, which I am all for. I wish more Superman movies would focus on Kansas. 
Yes. Because that um, I think people underestimate how important that is character. It, it, it and I agree because it, it it solidifies him as that you know small town boy. It, he's not this big city guy. But also it still kind of rubs me the wrong way, Man of Steel, of just like you gotta hide who you are. It's kind of like a running joke in Superman comics that everyone in Smallville knows who Superman is. They just don't say because they're proud of him. They're proud of their boy. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to throw a name out there and I don't know how you're going to react to it. Oh God, uh, Michael Bay. No, Lord, no. You know how much I hate Michael. Um, he's proven that he can uh, uh, tackle large stu- studio movies movies that have a lot of pressure on them granted the writing process might have been off but he's then backed it up with writing and directing his own film that was very clever and honestly one of my personal favorite movies of last year in ryan johnson oh i thought you're gonna go Shyamalan. lord, lord no um I, want- I don't mind johnson my thing is He's always got this like cynical edge to him and that's totally fine. But also he always is trying to subvert whatever genre he's doing. I, yeah. See, but and I as a his... filmmaker, I would be more than willing to give him a shot just because of Knives Out. And I've seen that he is a great filmmaker. To me, it didn't really work for Star Wars, but that doesn't mean he's not a great student of film and could make a good Superman movie. He just wouldn't be the first name that came to mind. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I, I think I tried to do here is find names that were going to be a little bit outside the box. I like out of the box. <laughs> Go ahead and hit me with one, man. Don't let me have all the fun. Uh, my number five is a very out of left field, but also kind of old school pick. But when I think of old school Superman of Truth, justice, the American way, the cheesy over the top. I think of one director that often is cited as cheesy, for better or for worse. But I think the movies that I have seen of his would fit Superman perfectly, and that's Joe Johnston. For those that don't know, he did The Rocketeer and the first Captain America movie. Yeah, that could be fun. And both of those are very old school, like 1940s patriotism of um, yes ma'am type attitude of just politeness and respect, but also grand epic scale adventure and heroics. Um, And that always screams Superman to me of uh, the Captain America that we get in the first Avenger. I see shades of Clark Kent there of both the super, super strong uh, Steve Rogers, but also the shy, wimpy introvert. Clark has never been wimpy, but he's always been the more reserved, but I want to do the right thing because it's, the right thing to do. Um, yes, some people may know him for the Wolfman, which wasn't necessarily his best, but he really <laughs> excels in period pieces and Americana. And I think Joe Johnston could be a really interesting and different pick. I agree. That that would be cool. What so else I guess you got? We'll have to, yeah, because I guess the, it's going to go me do two, you do one. Let's um, do that. Yeah, let's let's do that. That works. Um, so let's throw out, um, I need my jar. (laughs) Oh no. I need need my jar. 
because the director of How to Train Your Dragon 2, Dean DeBlosi. Oh, <laughs> no. Be, how? But, like, he's never... my The one thing that I would be nervous about... Live action? He's, he's never done a live action film. Which is why my jar person for later at least has done some live action. I know, I know. But, I mean, I... I I look at the story of, of Hiccup in this story of a character who stands by his convictions, no matter what other people say. He knows what's right and he knows what, what he needs to do and he does what he can to get it right, to, to do it, to make it happen. But not only that, to, he, he also cares deeply for others and for, you know, everything around him. And I feel like being able to not just capture that in one, but three films. I think there might be some skill or talent there storytelling wise that could, could, could translate very well to a Superman film. And then if he did his own Superman trilogy, he'd have Doomsday eat off one of Superman's legs and he'd walk around with a peg leg. Um, I don't really see a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's going to lose an appendage, it's going to be Aquaman. He's going to get a claw. And that needs to happen because Claw Aquaman is so cool. Because let's be honest, that version of like hook-handed Aquaman is the one that looks suspiciously the most like Jason Momoa. <laughs> He's also the one that's like that is far less the super uh, the surfer dude and much more of the old war vet who doesn't Who's just care over anymore. and hates the world. <laughs> yeah. So that would maybe be like an Aquaman three when he's just fed up with everything and just lethal weaponed it. Yep. Uh, who else you got besides How to Train Your Dragon people? <laughs> I'm going to kind of stay, uh, stay on this this line over here of uh, fantastical characters um, and say that I think Ryan Coogler, the director for Black Panther. I could, did consider Ryan Coogler. I feel like, are, are you saying that as a surprise or are you saying that like you have a reason why? Oh, no, I'm saying... I consider putting Ryan Coogler on my list because so far he doesn't have a single miss. Yeah. Cause he's, I mean, specifically with with black Panther. Yes. It's a superhero film, but the thing I think I appreciated the most about it was that the villain actually taught the hero something. It wasn't like the hero came into a situation, did what he did, what he does and then left the situation. He came in, did what he does, but then learn something and grew from it. Fair, fair. Um, throw it out there. This just barely missed my five, my honorable mention. Um, Jumanji's Jake Kasdan. Ooh. That could be fun. Like, so far, Jumanji, both of them have been more an ensemble, so maybe he'd be better suited for like a Teen Titans movie. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that was something I wanted, but now I do. And just keep that same cast. Because <laughs> Fridge is cyborg. Um, <laughs> Kevin Hart is Beast Boy. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And Karen Gill uh, Gillian is Starfire. Oh, Let's go. I didn't know I needed that, but now I do. <laughs> oh, man. And then what's her face? Um, her avatar character that plays her yep. is Raven. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 
And then I didn't know. I and what I this. wanted, what I've wanted for a little bit, Nick Jonas is Nightwing. Yeah, and then that just leaves the Rock is Cyborg, and that is that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still would go with Fridge. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any any way that this Jack could go Black wrong. plays Beast Boy. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who is Jack Black though? Though, like. But oh, Beast Boy, you just said. I'm sorry. Oh no, wait. Toy Maker. <laughs> yes, let's go. Who does nothing but listen to Tenacious D? <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was a movie. And Dave Grohl comes that. back as Trigon. Oh no. Oh. We're going downhill. Let's just say I want the guy that did Jumanji to do <laughs> Superman or. Teen Titans. And actually, as much as I've wanted J.J. Abrams to do Superman, I actually would be better if he did Teen Titans because a lot of J.J. Abrams movies are ensemble movies, and I think he does ensembles yeah. well. I don't know if he's excelled with individual characters, but ensemble, he's done pretty decent. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, So my number four, I struggle with this one um, just because I like his movies. But he's never the name that immediately jumps to mind, at least for me. But I know a lot of other people have been championing this guy to do a Superman movie. And he actually pitched a Superman movie to Warner Brothers. And judging by his comments, I'm like, okay, yeah, I kind of want you because he sounds like he has reverence for the character. Not saying Zack Snyder didn't. We don't know what his final version is for Justice League. Uh, But uh, what this guy is more or less saying is he wants to take Superman and make him hopeful and optimistic and uh, a bright character again and that's x-men first class is matthew vaughn okay i'm down for that also did kingsman and kick-ass yeah that could be fun so yeah all he has superhero experience and all judging by his comments he knows the approach to go with for superman at least what i would like i know a lot of fans want Zack snyder's direction and they want that dark um and they Looking forward to what Henry Cavill's Superman's journey is at the end of Justice League. And I'm curious because Deborah Snyder has said that Justice League was supposed to be the end of his three-film arc. And at the end of it, he becomes the Superman that we all know and want him to be. And I'm like, well, it's long overdue, guys. Um, but I've, I've wanted the hopeful and optimistic Superman for a while. And I've made no secret about that. And judging by Matthew Vaughn's comments, that's what he wants too. Sounds like that's what a lot of people want. Um, and I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Kingsman 2, but other than that, he's had really entertaining movies. Yeah, I would agree with that. And like Kingsman 2, yeah, it was it was fine. Um, it had some really good moments and it kept the heart of, of what Kingsman kind of was. But I mean, yeah, I could see that. He also does really good characters too. Yeah. Um, who else you got? So I've got, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Cause I don't know if you've seen it, but specifically for like a Brainiac story or a Gorilla Grodd story, I feel like Alex Garland would be a, a, a decent choice. I have seen Alex Garland and I like Alex Garland. I don't know if I see him for Superman just because... Um, 
like with Ryan Johnson, but even more so, Alex Garland's stories are very... You were right. He would be perfect for Brainiac, but his stories are often very pessimistic. Yeah. And the world is terrible, and we're all going to be taken over by robots. I mean, but... Yeah, and I, I think maybe if you had somebody in his ear, like Kathleen adding, Kennedy, like, yeah, but like, but you know what I mean? Like, have somebody behind him being like, "Yes, that's a great storyline to go go that direction," but have Superman come in and be that beacon of hope on the end of that. I'll give you a caveat. I don't think that's a bad idea. I'm just not a fan of it for a Superman movie. However, I would twist it if you told me we were getting a movie about the fall of Krypton directed by yes. Alex Garland. I would be down with that. Because I, I think his, especially with Annihilation, I think his vision of sci-fi is super unique. Yes, but it often leans more towards, well, in the end, nothing matters because we're all going to die via the androids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Alex Garland... To your credit, out of left field pick, I like it primarily because I feel like we don't give Alex Garland enough credit and more people need to be paying attention to him because I think he's one of the big up-and-coming directors out there. I would agree. Um, so I'm going to stick with a space theme here in this, this pick. No, I'm going to say Drew Goddard. Oh, I like that pick. Specifically for his work with The Martian. Well, now that we're never going to get Drew Goddard's Sinister Six movie, I guess we can get this to happen. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, he does characters very, very well. And he does, how do I say? I mean, yes, it was Matt Damon, but he mm -hmm. does like dry, corny humor very well as well. Yeah, The Martian is a very funny movie, but never tries to be laugh out loud hysterical. Yes. And I don't know how much of that is Drew Goddard's uh, work or if how much of that was the original story. I, I haven't read the book. Fair. That's fair. I, 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 but I like the tension that the movie builds, the hope that the movie builds very genuinely um, and, and effortlessly, I think, is, is something that could lend very well to a Superman film. Yes, I had major reservations about The Martian to the point of one of our friends in college was like, hey, you want to see it? And I was like, no, because I hate survival movies like Castaway, uh, movies yeah. like that of just the yeah. whole point of the day after tomorrow. The whole point is just survive. I'm not a fan of them. So I finally got around to watching it at home. I was like, I love this movie. It's long, but never once does it feel like it is. Yeah. It flies by. I love The Martian. So I would definitely be on board. I've liked Drew Goddard for a while. I feel like he hasn't gotten his like really big break yet. Even though didn't Martian didn't win some awards? Or that was got directed nominated. by Ridley Scott, by the way. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah well. Drew Goddard did the cabin in the woods. So anyway, proving Josh. I do like Drew Goddard. <laughs> Proving that Josh doesn't know anything. Um, also, Ridley on. Scott, stay away from Superman, please. Yeah, I saw what you I did to Robin Hood. Yeah, you. <laughs> what? You don't want him to do the same thing to to Superman? No, if Ridley Scott did Superman, he'd be like, Superman was born in Kansas as a mutant with extraterrestrial abilities, and Lex Luthor gave him those powers from birth. 
Actually, that's kind of terrifying. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. And then Superman killed Lex Luthor in the first five minutes and has to wrestle with his choice to kill him for the rest of his life. I mean, that's not a bad, it's not necessarily a bad idea. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, Superman dies and is replaced by Bizarro, who was actually the real Superman all along. Okay, and now I hate it. <laughs> and that's Ridley Scott. Yeah. And then he'd be like, all right, I promise we'll give you answers in the next movie. And then they don't, Prometheus. <laughs> oh, the I promise Ridley movie. Scott used to be a good director. It's it's sad. I mean, and that's a, that's the the tough part. Even like because there's bits and pieces of Prometheus I really enjoy. The same thing with uh, with the movie after that. I forget the name of it. It's like Alien Annihilation Alien Covenant? or something like that. Covenant. There it is. Alien there's Annihilation of, sounds pretty awesome, though. It doesn't it though? Um, but Covenant. There's part. There's good parts that I really, really enjoy. But at the end of the day, it doesn't feel like an alien movie. So, anyway, uh, wh- who's your next director? So uh, we've said Ridley Scott used to be good. This guy is good. I just want more people to realize that he is good because these movies all get really good critical reception. They just don't light up the box office as much as they should. And this guy is now free since he left the Uncharted movie not too long ago, and that is Bumblebee's Travis Knight. Oh, nice. Because I loved Bumblebee, and it was the shot in the arm Transformers desperately needed, and I know you speak very highly of Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes. That's the same and guy. If you, want somebody, if you want somebody who can make a great story about hope, uh, that's your guy. Also, Bumblebee felt a lot like some other movie that I'll talk about later. That's basically the best Superman movie ever made. So, no gosh, <laughs> I I love Travis Knight, and now that he's available, let's get him to do a Superman movie. Why not? Why he's not, one man? of those that I I want him to really break out in the mainstream because I've loved his movies. It's just they're really well received. People just don't see them, and maybe part of that is he worked he worked for Leica for a while, and no one sees Leica movies. Yeah, unfortunately. But I All like right, Travis man. Knight a lot. Do Superman, please. If JJ's not <laughs> doing it, of course. Of course. Um, we're going to get into some fighting here, okay? Oh, um, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're doing I, good I, so I think, far. Oh, I, I know. But I think given how he treats the character of Adonis Creed... Stephen Cable Jr. would be a, a pretty solid choice as well. Okay. Like, I like Creed too, but what else has he done? That's the other thing. I don't, I don't think I, I don't know what else he's <laughs> like, done. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm probably one of those people that actually likes Creed too better than the first Creed, but I'm like, that's fine. Um, <laughs> as much as I like Creed too, though, I sit back and go, if this wasn't a Creed movie, would it still be good? Like if this wasn't if this didn't have the Rocky connections, would it still be as good? And I don't think it would be. I mean, that's fair. So I don't know if he I has think, any chops for Superman, but maybe he does. I mean, maybe there's only one way to find out. Yeah, there's the only one way to find out. So if you had one opportunity, <laughs> um, so we're I'm gonna I'm sticking my here though, and I'm gonna say. I think there needs to be better filmed 
violence <laughs> in Superman films. Chance and if, if there's anybody that knows how to film violence, it's Chad. <laughs> and Keanu is the new Superman. <laughs> no, honestly, have him play Parasite. See, I think it's missed opportunity that we didn't get him as Deadshot. Exactly. <laughs> but instead we had to make him Will Smith. Anyway. I, um, <laughs> Who only wore the mask once when he was repelling down a building. Uh, I'm so over Will Smith's dead shot. Oh my goodness. Anyway, right, he's not coming um, back. They probably kill him off screen like they did with Independence Day Resurgence. Yay. Um, I don't care for Independence Day, so. Um, I, anyway, but I mean, I don't I think, think Stahelski's a bad idea. I do think it's not likely, though, because did you know he was actually heavily involved with Birds of Prey? No, I didn't. He was brought in for reshoots to help beef up some of the action scenes. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> like, he didn't help with, like, the story or anything, but he helped the stunt choreography for some of, a lot of reshoots for Birds of Prey. Can you tell? And that didn't do particularly well. I liked it better than I thought it would, but that definitely was not a success for Warner Brothers. That's so fair. I don't know if that affects his decision at all. I don't know, man. I mean, at the end of the day, I would love to see him do some sort of superhero film. I just don't know. Like, I, I would like, I mean, I, honestly, actually, a Nightwing film would be cool. Oh. <laughs> if, oh. if it wasn't Stahelski, I want the guy that di that directed The Raid. Oh, bro. For see, Nightwing. I, I would much rather have Chad Stahelski do The Punisher. Oh, that's rough. Right? Oh, I would love that. Uh -huh. And then the guy for the raid, do Nightwing. See, the only thing, the only issue I have for that is the stunt choreography is perfect, but the story is lacking. And if you're going to do a Nightwing film, I feel like you need to be able to tell a good story. True. And you can't just push somebody off um, a circus balcony. Exactly. And just go, here's your story. Exactly. The Nightwing character's got a lot of more complexities than it looks at first glance. Like, there's a lot... Uh, it bothers me, not just as a Nightwing fan, but just as a comic book fan of, we haven't tapped into Nightwing sooner because... And I'm sure I'm biased when I say this. Nightwing as a character is one of those that has so, so many fascinating story possibilities that you can take him in. And I'm amazed we haven't tried to access access that yet yeah oh absolutely so what but you got Chastel, for, yeah, i would like to see you do a superhero movie i just don't know if superman would be the best fit for it yeah i i, I agree with um with punisher i mean nightwing would be fun Jeez, maybe even do a suicide squad movie that would be nice it would be um so you had somebody for an action movie that you thought um, could do action and tell stories really, really well. I ha also, for my number two pick, have somebody that tells really good stories, but also has really, really good action. And so good, in fact, he's one of the first times that Tom Cruise has ever worked with someone more than once. And that is Mission Impossible's Christopher McQuarrie, who did um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Mission Impossible Fallout, with one, hmm, Henry Cavill. <laughs> and also, Christopher McQuarrie pitched a Superman movie to Warner Brothers, and they turned him down, which I'm going, you morons! 
Now he's <laughs> off doing Mission Impossible 7 and 8. They probably just spit in his face going, you're the reason we had to fix his stupid mustache and post. <laughs> Which also, Honestly, it, that I wasn't Christopher McCory's fault. That was Paramount's fault, but still. <laughs> I think that yeah, mustache really hurts McCory's chances of ever doing a Superman movie. Unfortunately, which is which, which is sucks because so I really dig Mission Impossible Fallout, not just because Henry Cavill's in it. I think ever since uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, they've just gotten better and better. I mean, I've seen Ghost Protocol, and that's about it. Did you see Fallout? Nope. Fallout is so good, minus the distracting mustache. <laughs> it's in the voodoo. Watch it. It's so good. Lip. He's got a caterpillar on his lip. Well, at least it's legit and not CGI mustache. Um, True. But the action that McCory does, he knows how to use his actors, and he loved working with Henry Cavill and really got an excellent performance out of Henry Cavill, uh, both as the good guy and the bad guy. And that's not spoiling it because the trailers openly spoiled who the villain was. Um, Yep. And he wants to work with Cavill again, and I want him to work with Cavill again. And I think... What he brought to the table with Mission Impossible was just so fun and fresh. I would just love to see that continue with Superman. So, yeah, I I always am curious to see what Christopher McCoy is doing next. Obviously, he's doing Mission Impossible 7 and 8, so he can't do it. But yeah. oh, I would have loved to see his Superman. Yep. So, we come to our final picks. I already know what your last one is. <laughs> um, yep, Liam Neeson. <laughs> yep, he's gonna step behind the camera. Oh gosh. Um, so I'm gonna say this one with a very specific storyline in mind. I think if we had a scenario where the War of of Apocalypse is a thing, and you actually want to show your heroes in the midst of battle and having those psychological traumas and what it truly means to be at war and in turn, what it truly means to be a hero. I think Sam Mendes would be able to show that very, very well. Oh, I dig me some Sam Mendes. Yes. I mean, I, I think 1917 was his first film though. So what? I don't know Skyfall. I oh my gosh. Okay. So anyway, you haven't been dropped in your head in a while, have you? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Dude, Skyfall is so dope. It is. It's very good. But Sam Mendes, in general, the way that he he treats characters and is he able to show subtlety in in certain themes, I think would would do Superman some really some real good. Yeah, not what I would have thought, but I don't hate it. Also, we've seen Sam Mendes can really do great action set pieces. Mm Mm-hmm. So my last one is someone who's already directing for DC. David Fincher. No. I don't... (laughs) No, no. Um... I... And just the way that she treated a certain... A certain woman... I feel like she understands heroes very well. And she and I think Patty Jenkins would be able to treat Superman in a very good way. 
right up until he said she. I didn't know if you're going to say Patty Jenkins or David F. Sandberg. But <laughs> of the two of them, yes, Patty Jenkins. I won't say it's a shame that she did Wonder Woman instead of Superman, but after seeing Wonder Woman and seeing that No Man's Land scene, I'm like, dang it, can we like move you somewhere else in the batting order and do- make you do Superman instead? And is it because, dang, come did she make me like Wonder Woman? Because Which, at the end of the day, that was that's the goal of any filmmaker is to make you care about the characters, and she really did with Wonder Woman. And because it, we are always, long overdue for women yeah. as superheroes doing well on the big screen. So yeah, I, I, it makes sense that she's doing Wonder Woman. But after that, I was like, dang it, can we do that with Superman too, please? Yeah, and that that was my thing. I think is she not just understands Wonder Woman very well, but understands the importance of of motifs uh, understands the importance of moments and i i feel like superman needs a not because i think i, I want superman to be you know have be just as good if not better than wonder woman i think you know wonder woman is easily up to, up in par with him right now um but superman needs that no man's end moment the moment where he shows that he knows what's right and he's going to choose that and everyone instinctively follows him. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, what, what I love so much about the no man's land is scene is yes, she's saving the day, but while she's advancing on to the next stage of the battle, everyone's following behind her because they were inspired by her actions. Like, it was a communal effort to push forward. It wasn't just her bulldozing over everyone. Everyone was involved. And that's what yeah. a hero should be doing. It should be inspiring others, which is why we care so much about Superman wanting to do right. Because I'm like, I'm looking at the world around us right now going, okay, if there was a time that we need Superman, it'd be right now. So clearly he's still relevant. Let's come on guys. We need Superman because the world needs Superman more than ever. Oh, absolutely. So, Josh is probably thinking in the back of my mind, at the back of his mind. Well, now we're at number one. So why is it Brad Bird this time? <laughs> I already knew. I was gonna put Brad Bird on my list, but I was like, no, I know he's gonna talk about Brad Bird. <laughs> like, I feel more like a broken record than Family Guy because I will always say the bird is the word when it comes to Superman. <laughs> I want no one else besides the bird because everyone's heard about the bird because the bird is the word when it comes to Superman. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So why is it Brad Bird this time? (laughs) Just Iron Giant. That's it. Iron Giant is the single greatest Superman movie that we've ever gotten. And I will defend that till the day I die. Uh, Yep. We genuinely just need a jar. Um, (laughs) What we need to do with the jar is just have one big jar of every time one of us says either the Iron Giant or How to Train Your Dragon, we put money in the jar, and that jar goes to a fund that gets you down here once a year so we don't do a special together. Yeah! A live episode that we record together in person. (laughs) Oh, man, which honestly... um, for those listening, that actually happened soon. We'll see what happens. Well, I've been waiting for COVID to to chill out. Before we all have, man. Yeah, um, but yes. Now that I've put my allotted X amount of money in the Iron Giant slash How to Train Your Dragon jar, the <laughs> How to Train Your Giant jar. 
<laughs> Ooh. <laughs> BFG? Yeah, no, Iron Giant's better. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it a thousand times. Iron Giant works because it's a larger-than-life, basically human, or not human, a gigantic weapon from another world, which... To put it kindly, that's kind of what Superman is, but like the Iron Giant, chooses not to use himself as a weapon, but as an instrument to help, to the point that he's actually looking up to Superman because um, he had some nice people teach him the right ways and ultimately sacrifice himself. And when he sacrificed himself, it actually meant something, unlike in Batman versus Superman. Because yeah. Wonder Woman should have used the spear instead of Clark because she's not weak when it comes to kryptonite. Hey, like, fine, Zach, if you want to kill Superman, make it a little more logical than that. Um, but Iron Giant gets so much right. Um, and I, I genuinely feel like it was Brad Bird's attempt to do a Superman tribute without being a Superman tribute. Because there's a lot of Superman in it and also a lot of Superman musical cues, which I really appreciate. Um, but also he's got experience not just with great storytelling, but also with superheroes, with The Incredibles, which still to this day is one of the best superhero movies ever, and it's the best Fantastic Four movie. Um, you got experience with live action and great storytelling in live action form with my favorite of the Mission Impossibles with Ghost Protocol, where Tom Cruise is on the side of the Burj Khalifa. Yes, Tomorrowland was not the best, but everyone has a bad day at the office, and I don't hold them against him. He is a phenomenal director I've loved almost everything that Brad Bird has done, not just Iron Giant, but looking at everything together, I'm like, all the pieces are there for a great Superman story. And I think J.J. Abrams is absolutely the one that they're probably going with. And if I'm not being honest, it would probably be my number two because I think J.J., if he's the one that starts it, he starts it pretty well. It's when he's asked to finish something that he has issues. Um, But also... Good and bad for J.J., I think we would get a very classic and traditional Superman because, for better or for worse, J.J. is a traditionalist of, I can't stray too much from a given formula or else I get nervous. <laughs> yep. Like, he strays to a T, unless it's Star Trek, in which case he goes, screw that, I'm just going to make it fun. But I mean, I don't see a problem with that. Oh, no, I don't either. They made money for the first time ever. Um and we're good for the first time ever, except for the even Star Trek movies, but that's a talk for another day. I've wanted Brad Bird, not just for Superman, but just for a superhero movie besides The Incredibles for a while. I don't think it'll ever happen, but that's my, oh, he would just be so perfect. He would bring that sense of hope and optimism that Superman's needed. Not saying J.J. won't, but Brad Bird, I think, is just chef's kiss. That's just the ideal pick for me of that guy has been born to do Superman. You watch, he does it, and it's terrible. I, I doubt that would happen, but Brad Bird, just please do a superhero movie. It'd be fantastic. Yep. So those are people that we want to direct a Superman movie. Now, if we do get another Superman movie, Josh, what are some things that you would like to see either in that movie or in subsequent movies with The Man of Steel? I mean, I've already said what kind of villains I would like to see. Um, I think a scene I would love, love, love to see would be that one from public, uh, Batman Superman Public Enemies where they're teaming up against all of the villains. 
I think would be so much, especially if we get, uh, we never will, but like Ben Affleck's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman in that scene from Public Enemies, like, oh, dude, let's go. I would love some world's finest of Batman and Superman, you know, being friends and working together. No way. (gasps) Spoiler alert. Batman and Superman like each other and are actually really good friends. What? And aren't always trying to kill each other. No. Even though it may not be as cool to Zack Snyder, they are allowed to be friends once in a while. Um, Yep. I would just like a world's finest movie, just period, of maybe um, Batman and Superman versus Raza Ghoul and Lex Luthor. Okay, okay. With some supporting villains that you can easily just beat up, like Firefly and Mr. Mixelpidilic or something. Yeah. I think something I would also really, really like, and it's one of the only reasons I really enjoy the animated film. Um, What is it? Uh, Oh, geez, Superman versus... Oh, the Batman Superman movie? No, 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 no. It's, it's the one with with the the guy with the Union Jack on his chest. Um, oh, uh, Superman versus the Elite. Yes, I would love that. the the That moment at the end of that that movie, I would love a Superman that does that. Oh, it's like sends point. androids to make he killed them. Yeah, like outsmart just the villain. Point. Yeah, I'd be oh. down for that. Um. Yeah, we talked a little bit about villains. I top of my priority list, I would love a Brainiac because it's a villain that Superman just can't punch his way out of because you can't just punch technology. Um, I mean, you can, but it doesn't do much. It would be like <laughs> that scene in Winter Soldier where Cap breaks uh, Zola's screen and he just shows up on another one right next to it. Yeah. And like Winter Soldier, Cap had to use old school, this is right, this is wrong, in a very black and not in a not black and white world anymore. He's in a very gray area and technology only muddles that. And I think Brainiac would be perfect for that. Maybe created by Lex Luthor or you can leave him as an alien. I don't particularly care. Um, I, I just would love to see Brainiac. Maybe, I don't know. It's, you'd have to get the right voice. Benedict Cumberbatch would be great, but he's Dr. Strange. Um, Oh, <gasps> Moriarty from Sherlock, Andrew Scott. I feel like I love him. I love that, his voice. Might be too I, high though. Yeah, that's what I, his voice is a little too whiny ish for it. Um, well, technically he's done now, so Josh Broden would be fun. <laughs> that would sound too much like Thanos to me. I know, right? It'd be terrible. Uh, that would backfire. What would be hilarious? Is if Brainiac is the is an alien right or whatever, and and maybe it's connected to Lex somehow. He downloads the internet to to kind of understand humans or get to know that get that that data, get that information right that Brainiac is known to do. And he accidentally downloads Morgan Freeman's voice. That would be awesome, as long as it's not James Spader. Yeah, but also fan. if you do have Brainiac, you got to make sure. He doesn't just feel like an Ultron clone to people. Ultron or Vision clone. Yeah. Well, Brainiac's interesting. 
Oh, you're right. Like, I want to like Vision, but he's kind of meh. Take it or leave it. Yeah, he. the big thing, much like Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, like, it's hard to get behind somebody when they don't really do anything. Yet. I feel like they've been holding that in reserve for the time being. I, I would agree. I feel like with Scarlet Witch, they're waiting so they can legally say the mutant word. Yeah, I really, I'm really itching for it. It'll happen. Um, somebody else that I really want besides Brainiac that has been in several uh, Batman and Superman stories like World's Finest, but like what you said, Public Enemies, Metallo. Yeah. I mentioned Metallo earlier, Anna, but I, I feel like, especially with this, if you keep with this idea that Kryptonite is his one big weakness, Metallo would be a really good choice. And we got we got some of that in Batman versus Superman, um, but not a ton. Because admittedly, Kryptonite is a hard thing for movies because it'd be like, here's this all-powerful being whose weakness is a rock. Yeah. But there's, there's ways around it. Um, I've also thought Bizarro would be fantastic if you do it right. Admittedly, he's a tough character, but I would love it if we have an established Superman for a while that's got a track record of good. He's earned the trust of the people around him. People look up to him. And then all of a sudden, someone that looks suspiciously like Superman is beating the ever-living crap out of criminals and killing them. And people are like, that's not Superman's MO. We don't know if we can trust him anymore. Um, Bizarro's not necessarily evil. He just sees what Superman's doing and takes it to the extreme, like doesn't know his power limits and is accidentally killing people. So Superman has to teach Bizarro the right way to do things because Bizarro at his core isn't necessarily a villain. He's kind of like Frankenstein. He is what he's taught. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ma- I, I know we just had Steppenwolf, but Mongol could be fun as yes. well as a, as a villain to actually bring the Justice League, the full Justice League together. Um. A lot of people have been suggesting for a storyline, we get a For the Man Who Has Everything story, which is uh, features Mongol heavily of basically it's Superman on his birthday um, gets mind-controlled and he gets to live his life on Krypton and everything's all peachy and he doesn't really realize anything's wrong till later because the Justice League is like trying to figure out what things to get him because it's the man who has everything. He's Superman. Um and it really humanizes him really, really well. But you still have a great villain in Mongol. I'd, I'd be down for that. I've always liked Mongol's design. The problem is, to me, he's always kind of looked like discount Darkseid. Well, and to your credit, that's always what he's been. He's always been the precursor to to Darkseid. So I think now, but I think now that we've had, um, like Stephen Wolf, who is kind of a discount mongrel <laughs> um it'd be hard to do mongrel as just like a sleep villain uh do you have any more villains because i got just random things i would like for the rest of it i mean i would not really villains but i would i know it's canon now technically but i would love an actual jimmy olsen <laughs> that's actually the next thing i was gonna say yeah, I just retcon I, Jimmy I, I, Olsen and make him not dead, morons. Why did you yeah. kill him if you had no plans for him? You could have just not included him. 
Yeah, it's like, kind that's of cold blooded to just turn and look at the fans going, uh, "What's that Eric Andre sketch where he shoots the guy? Just shoots Jimmy Olsen. Why are you all sad? Why did we? Have, why did Jimmy Olsen have to die? Well, why did you have to put him in the movie then if you're just going to kill him? Yep, it's just, you could have named yeah. him literally anything else. Yeah, and it's I'm hoping like if JJ or whoever else is doing a Superman movie. Um, they just retcon it and go, oh yeah, that's Soldier in the Desert. They use the code name, all soldiers use the code name of Jimmy Olsen, like James Bond type thing. I suppose, but I, I really want Jimmy to just be a, the normal kid that like is working with Clark. You know what I mean? Like the I feel boy. like that, yeah, that, that humanizes Clark quite a bit for that to be, a, for that because other than that, then Lois and his mom, what other real human relationships does he have? True. And also, it goes a long way for us to endear Clark because Jimmy's kind of the guy that gets spit on by everybody else of just like, get out of my way, kid. But Clark always sees Jimmy and acknowledges him. Exactly. Having Jimmy in the story does a lot, man. It's, he's not a sidekick. He's not somebody for Supergirl. For Supergirl to fall in love with. Oh, wait, did I say that? Oh. Mm. Um, but I talked about Superman notices Jimmy. He cares about Jimmy. He notices the individual, which is like the top of my list. If I could only have one thing in a Superman movie, it's this. And it seems like such a weird, oddly specific, but I I want this as much as I want the, I wanted that scene where Spider-Man gets flattened by rubble. It's that's how much I want this scene. It's going to sound so oddly specific. I want Superman to talk down and uh, talk out a suicide jumper from a building. Yeah. Because that's happened a couple times in the comics of there's been like a large crowd of people to see a woman that's about to jump out of a window to commit suicide. And Superman shows up and um, the cops like, if she jumps, just catch her on the way. And she, he's like, I won't do that, but I'll go talk to her. Like, he's not going to make the decision for someone else. Kind of like further illustrating that Jesus point. And he just talks to this woman. And what I love about the story is she's like, promise me if I jump out this window, you're not going to catch me. And he's like, I promise, but you got to promise me that we'll talk. And she's like, I don't want to talk. It's like, fine. I'll be here until you do. And he actually waits like hours just floating in front of her for hours on end, just waiting till she's ready um, just to care about that one individual person. Cause we often think about Superman as this larger than life, pick up the apartment building. Like he does in justice league and save all these people. That's true. He does. But at the end of the day, he's a character that you can do more things with than Batman could like Batman would save that woman. And he did spend some time with that girl in that justice league episode to sit down and talk. But by and large, Batman isn't really the talking things out problem type of character. Like that's actually one of the major character defaults with him. And why we love him is he's got a lot of communication issues. Whereas Superman is willing to spend the time talking and listening to other people to help them out. He realizes that not everything requires physical strength and listening goes a long way. And I think that's a really powerful message that could reach a lot of, um, not just comic book fans, but just movie people in general of that's a topic. Human collateral is not 
typically addressed a lot in comic book movies, and especially just saving the one person that Superman may not even know, that that's still who he is. He always goes out of his way to help and save people, even if it may not be physical strength. It's why people have cared about him for so long. He just cares, and I think that moment in Superman Grounded, ironically what it's called, is just so... That is Superman. And it's a moment that if you put that in a movie, it will, and you do it right, will just immediately endear him to audiences going, oh, this is why he's clicked. This is what makes him special. Because, yes, Batman's cool and he'll bust people's kneecaps open. Superman is still there to give people a second chance and give them that hope and optimism in their lives. He's supposed to be the beacon of hope after all. Let's show him being the hopeful one but helping guide people to their better selves. Yeah. And I I think the other thing would be, um, I want some less confusing, uh, Jonathan Kent stories. Uh, Yeah. Also, if JJ's doing this, I, he's not above retconning. I could see him retconning some Pa Kent speeches. Yeah. Because some of them are uh, in Man of Steel are questionable. Yeah. What was I supposed to do? Let them die? Maybe. I don't care. They're not my kids. (laughs) I mean, most of them were brats anyway. Yeah. Um, One of my last big ones is I want more time spent with Clark Kent, which I know isn't the sexy or glamorous answer because everyone's like, I want to see more Superman being Superman. At his core, Bruce Wayne is Batman. At his core, Superman is Clark Kent. Doesn't matter if he's got the cape on or not. He's a good person. And if we care about Clark Kent, we're going to go a long way in caring about Superman. The Batman movies have done it right of getting us to care about what he does when he's not wearing the mask. The Dark Knight trilogy did a fantastic job about making us care about why he does what he does. We need to care about why Superman does what he does. We need to care about Clark Kent. That's an often neglected aspect of the character make us spend more time in small if i have to maybe he gets his butt kicked in metropolis via metallo or brainiac and better yet all the technology in um small in metropolis gets wiped out so clark has to go somewhere completely off the grid to smallville where there's less technology completely yeah more Smallville is a big part of who he is and his identity and comes back into play a lot. It's a big part of the decisions that he makes. Yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, I think it's interesting that they haven't said we're getting a Man of Steel 2. And this is just my tinfoil hat theory because I don't think it is Man of Steel 2. I think you it's think the they're... first Henry Cavill movie that they'll properly title Superman. Interesting. Okay. Because we've got Man of Steel, we've got Batman vs. Superman, we'll get Justice League. Because the end of Man of Steel, he's Superman, and then he dies in Batman vs. Superman. I think when he comes back for a standalone movie, we're going to drop the name Man of Steel, as cool as that is, and maybe just call it Superman something else, maybe like Man of Tomorrow, which I have wanted for a little bit, or Superman, All-Star Superman, whatever, Superman... For all seasons, I don't know. Something Superman related. I think if we do get another Henry Cavill standalone movie, it won't be titled Man of Steel anything. It will be the proper Superman. Yeah, I can see that. Anything else you want for 
the future of Superman in movies? No, man, I think we've, we've covered it pretty well. All in all, all aboard the hype train. I hope, I mean, obviously a lot of this is still technically rumor. Um, but you know, man, I mean, I'm, I'm down for a lot of this. This is the most optimism we've had for Henry Cavill and Superman in a long time. And I feel like we're going to yeah, start getting some more momentum here. Yeah, I would agree. Well, what do you guys think? Are you looking forward to Henry Cavill coming back as Superman or are you not? What would you like to see in a Superman movie or a Superman cameo going forward? Let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.